Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about the creative life, making things up, making things happen. Uh, this week, I have a returning champion, my good friend Matt Zarley, singer-songwriter, uh, Broadway veteran. He has a new album out called The Estrogen Sessions, where he sings all songs made famous by women. And we have a little listening party. So we put on the CD, and I ask him questions about it. We listen. I pause if I think there's going to be an amazing moment. And uh, we listen to his wonderful new CD, which is available now on iTunes. Um, but before we get to that, I just want to let you know that my Patreon March episode is now up. And if you want to be a special Patreon supporter of mine, uh, this month you will get a Janet Jackson interview that's mentioned in the Matt Zarley interview uh, listening party you're about to hear that I did. It's uh, probably from 2007. It's not super long, but it's 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 fun, and you get to hear Janet's breathy voice and... Uh, it was great. I got to meet her in a hotel room in, like, the Beverly Hills Hotel. Uh, this was for Radio with a Twist. So that's on there. Uh, we also do all Observation Deck questions with Matt Zarley. And I'm going to have a few clips from the Gallica Winner's Toast uh, from a few weeks ago. You may remember John Griffiths was on the podcast. He's the founder of Gallica. So there was a big toast for all the winners. And some fun people were there, like Michelle Visage. Michelle Visage. That's a hard thing to say. Uh, from RuPaul's Dag Race, so I might include a few clips from that um, as well. So that's at Patreon. You go to patreon.com and you search for Dennis Anyone. There's also a link on the Dennis Anyone Facebook page. So um, I also would like to encourage you to go to dennisanyone.net. Um, Matt Zarley gave me some really fun pictures related to what we talk about in the, in the podcast, so I'm going to post those uh and all the uh, other episodes are there as well. You can donate to my virtual tip jar. It helps me pay for things like web hosting, which which I've gotten into a whole new category because I've had so many episodes, which is very exciting. And things like parking and stuff when I go to interview people just helps me keep the podcast free. And uh, you can do that at DennisAnyone.net. All right. Um, if you love the podcast, write a review on iTunes. That helps, too. Follow me on Twitter at Hensley Dennis. Check out the Dennis Anyone Facebook page. And now, without any further ado, here's Matt Zarley. If I should stay, I would only be in your way. series uncovered that I started about a year and a half ago, which was sort of born out of my listeners' uh, requests, but I would interject every now and with songs that I always wanted to sing, and I noticed that they were all songs that were made famous by women, so I got the idea of actually, why don't I just devote an entire project to that, 
Awesome. Well, we're going to have a little listening party with a lot of songs from the record. This is Whitney. Well, it's Dolly. It's Dolly slash Whitney. But you, did you know the song very well before Whitney covered it? I did. Yeah. I knew Dolly's version. Yeah. Um, when she re... It's very... Very interesting story. Um, she re-recorded a song. It already was a hit in like the early 70s. Right. And she went back and redid it uh, for the Best Little Whorehouse for me. Oh, there you go. And that's the first time I heard it. It was during... During Best Little Whorehouse. Yeah. I think she used to sing this at the end of her variety hour. Does that sound true? Like Dolly Parton? It does I sound true. I feel like it was like her Carol Burnett song. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Feels too best fashion now. You've always loved Whitney. Always. Always. It might be too loud. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, well, yeah. We're going to turn that down a little bit. That's it. I like that. I support that. Yeah. We were, like, talking and kind of yelling over Yeah, we were screaming at each other. You know what? We're going. It's on the fly. So, but ever since I've known you, which uh, you loved Whitney. So you must have always loved Whitney from back in the day. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, and this was, like, when she sang this, obviously, it was, like, her... You did your hand right when the drum happened. You couldn't see that, but it was amazing. <laughs> I also remember you had... Well, go ahead. No, I just... Yeah, this was... I mean, this song really just sort of was the pinnacle of her stardom, really. It was this song. I remember the first time I heard it, I was driving home from my job at the West Valley Jewish Community Center, and uh, they were playing it on the radio, and at the beginning, it's acapella, and I just thought, oh, this is... Different. Yeah, her label was like, absolutely not. You can't do that. It's going to kill the song. It's, yeah. you know, no radio will play it. But her and David Foster, who produced her version, were adamant. It has to start that way. That's good to know. So, yeah. But great, yeah they were... I, I, was Clive, I guess? Was it Clive that said, you know, no one's going to play it? And I remember you you have a screen in your backyard by your pool, and you had a Whitney night, and people watch music videos of Whitney. Oh, yeah. Remember this? Of course. Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I was borderline obsessed with her. I mean, like, my friend Billy Porter was the also... first album, or was it more... Yeah. yeah. But it got more more so after the, after the first album, you know? Because it, um, it was her... I mean, I think her rollout was really interesting because they sort of did it... It was very strategic, and they did it kind of slowly. Yeah. And it picked up steam, and it was like, unstoppable once she yeah. became, you know... Once your second single came out, it was over. Where were you when you found out that Whitney Houston had passed away? I was taking a nap. It was a Saturday afternoon, I remember. And I was laying in my guest room, and um, I was half asleep, half awake, and I had CNN playing in the background on the TV. I had fallen asleep watching the news. And I kind of heard Don Lemon say something about Whitney Houston was some unresponsive, and then my phone rang and so I really woke up and it was my friend Shoshana Bean she said I'm just calling to see if you're okay oh my god so I was like oh my god that wasn't a dream wow you thought it might have been a dream oh, it was a dream what I remember about it I remember finding out in my car and my memory was that I was on the other side of the hill in the city but we had just made fun of Whitney on Fashion Police that week and that airs on a Friday so uh, it happened on a Saturday Saturday, yeah. And there was still, and the professional police would rerun, so they had to get in there and try to try to fix. Uh, Did they really do that? Yeah, I think so for the subsequent areas. But 
if you know somebody had them on their DVR and they watched it. Oh, so it aired the day before. It aired the day before. Oh, okay. it the day before. Yeah, but it was like one of those oh shit moments. Okay, so this song is. Here's my phone right now. There's a song going I got my cell phone going. Alright, that's all good. Celine would understand. <laughs> um, so, this is a Celine Dion song. Yeah. Who wrote it? Somebody great. Um, I think it was Max Martin. Max, Max Martin. Max Martin. Yeah, like, Max Martin. Yeah. Um, why did you pick this song? Well, it's my favorite Celine song. And it's kind of upbeat. It's a Yeah, and I love the message, and I think the hook is just it's Max Martin. It's like that you can't. Undeniable, it's undeniable, it's so good. Have you seen Selena concert? Oh, yeah, a couple times. Yeah, I got to see her a few times. Um, one time I remember was with Kathy Griffin and Tony Tripoli, and it was at the Universal Amphitheater, I think. It wasn't far away, and um, Kathy was upset because she hadn't sung up close and personal yet. And she kept waiting for a close personal, and finally she sang it as the encore. And I remember Kathy telling the story on stage. She was like, gays were flying across the room. But now, then I saw her the Titanic tour, and I was surprised how much she danced. She did a whole Saturday Night Fever. She did? Like, dance session, yeah. She likes to move around, and I like that part of her. I like that kind of... Kind of nerdy, yes, but yeah, it's very, it's very genuine, for sure. I saw her in Vegas. She didn't dance a whole lot in Vegas. She was like she changing costumes. Oh yeah. yeah. I want to see her again. I got to interview her for Cosmopolitan, and it was in the limo down to the Oscar rehearsal is when I interviewed her. So I was like in the epicenter of Titanic, Celine. Amazing. Yeah. She was really cool. She was very saving her voice a lot. Like when I first got there, it was at the Beverly Hills Hotel, and then we were going to get in the limo, and she was no, not I, talking. I probably would have met you. Was that during? Was that the prayer? Um, with Shelley that year? No, it was. Um, she was singing Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. Have I ever told you the story with? No. The story with Selena and me. No, tell me your story of Selena and me. Um, the year that the prayer was nominated for an Oscar was okay. for that animated film. Oh yeah. And. Michelle couldn't get back from Italy. I think it was in Italy, um, doing concerts or something. And he knew ahead of time that he wasn't going to be able to make the, uh, the rehearsal, the, right. the camera block rehearsal. And um, my voice teacher at the time had a student that David Foster sent to him to work on the material like a couple weeks before, like a month before. Right. And um, my teacher called me and said, I'm coaching this guy. David wants him to do the rehearsal with Celine, the camera blocking, but he's not ready to do it. And you should be the one that does Did it. you do that, Matt? So, <laughs> so... I was jumping ahead. And, uh, Seth Briggs, and he called me and right. said, said, could you come over and we'll work, I'm going to work on it with you. Did you can you sing it? And Tanya said, I, I can learn. Yeah. And we're just playing like that afternoon. We worked on it. He's like, yeah, you need to be singing this. He's just not ready. This kid. Yeah. Seth called David, and I met David before, and he said, you know, this kid's not ready, and you know, hurt him, and hurt his confidence, and Matt's ready, it's, Matt's time, really, it's time for him to have a opportunity like this. And David was adamant, but no, this, just, I think the kid, like, whatever, the kid should do it, whatever, whatever. Long story short, it was Josh Groban. Oh my god. Yeah. So I didn't end up doing it, because David wanted to keep, because Josh, Josh was his, you know, discovery. His thing. So. All right. 
I got really close to singing with Celine. Got really close. This is my favorite song that you do. I think um, it's Gravity by Sarah Bareilles. Yeah, this is my favorite song of all time. It's so wonderful. And I first discovered it on So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah. They did the Addiction Dance. Uh, Capano and Kayla. Is that? Mandy or me and Michael oh, yeah. about it. Yes. And then they revised it later. Oh, it was Capono and Kayla. But anyway, I still watch that dance and I cry. Um, so it's a great song. I love it and I love your version. Uh, have you ever seen Sarah Bareilles in concert? I have not. My publicist just sent this to her. Oh really? That's amazing. This and the other song are on this because they're friends. So. Oh, I love it. You never know. She'll give you a tweet or something. Give me a tweet. Give me a quote. Something like that. Done. So. I still think of the choreography from that dance when I hear I remember. And there's a moment coming up where the hand goes up and she grabs it. And there's that silent oh, heart. Oh, yeah. yeah. I told you the story about the recording of this, right? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Oh, I recorded this song about a year and a half ago. It was the first song I recorded for this project. And um, I went back to sort of work on it several months later and couldn't find the original vocal tracks. So I had to re-record the song. So I re-recorded it, and as I was just finishing recording it, it actually went better than the first session. I was really happy with it. I got the Wheel of Death on my computer. Oh my God, the spinning Wheel of Death. And my computer crashed, and I lost the entire session. And I was so pissed off that I said, F it, I'm just going to redo it. I'll do it right now. I'll just say it again. And it was like probably like one in the morning or something. And I fired up my computer one more time because I lost the entire session, which is unusual because it usually saves it. Right. So I had to re-sing the whole song. So what we were here, we, we, did we hear just one take or did you do a no, take no, on no, 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 no. Yeah, but you did it. Yeah. I, it's gorgeous. I love it. Now you do a lot of your own producing, right? Or I this produce, album? I produced the whole album. That's amazing. Is that new for you, A New Frontier? Because I know that you work with this other producer named Yeah, Andy. I mean, I produced vocals, my own right. vocals, for the last two albums. So I've done that, but I've never done all the musicians right. and stuff. I love it. Yeah, so this is my first... Yeah. So this is the cover of Desri's You Gotta Be. Yeah. And I think of an Outfest pool party for the volunteers, whatever year this was. I remember being in this backyard, and this guy I know, William Jefferson, was there. And I remember um, that's what this song reminds me of. Oh, Does really? it remind you of a memory attached to it? There is. I was in Washington, I was in Washington D.C. doing... The so-called hot Mercado at Ford Theater, right? With Loretta Devine, and it came out that summer. So it makes and you I think was, about I was obsessed with it. Yeah, and the whole album. Yeah, her and Dion Ferris. You know Dion Ferris? Yes, she had that one big hit, but I can't remember what it was. I know. I know what she's doing. Okay. Um, you may notice that it's not just Matt's voice; it's Matt with Billy Porter. Yeah. And you guys go back a ways, right? We go back. 28 years. Tony Winter, Billy Porter from Kiki yeah. uh, Boots. Yep. So, did you guys record this together, or would you were you on separate posts? How did it work? Originally, we were going to do it together. Right. Uh, that was a plan. And I was in New York uh, working on this other project, and I was staying with Billy, and we were going to do it while I was there. And 
the weather was getting really cold, neither one of us were feeling great, and I was like, I could be in LA anytime soon, we maybe do it in LA, because actually we're going to be in LA in January. I said, great, let's go do it in my place. He goes, yeah, let's do that. So that was the plan to do it then, and then he called me, like, I don't know, it was probably around the holidays, I guess. He's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it out next month like I'm supposed to. Can I just record my vocal here and I'll send it to you? So that's what happened. There you go. Yeah. So you guys met at Carnegie Mellon, right? No, I met. Oh. He was anyway at Carnegie Mellon. He was going to Carnegie Mellon, and I was doing chorus line on Broadway, and he came and saw the show, and he was waiting by the stage door after to introduce himself. Really? That's cool. And you guys just became pals? Yeah. He's like. You're fierce, and we need to be friends. Oh, like that's said, so I'll never forget it. So funny. That's so wonderful. Do you guys remember being young and dreaming about what you would do in the business and yeah. making music? And yeah, I listen to the song. It makes me so happy. It's, my, it's, like it's our, all that history. It's our friendship. It's like, yeah, I love it. What was one night you had me sing a vocal that's part of a chorus? Yeah. That's, well, what song was it again? Together again. Oh, okay. That's what I was like, I know it's up tempo. But anyway, no, Billy and I would literally was like carry this album on my back. He does. Billy and I sat in my apartment um, and we would watch Whitney Houston's HBO concert, Welcome Home Heroes, which she did for the Gulf yeah. War, and like analyze her riffs and like study them and that was. Yeah. So sweet, I remember that. Um, but yeah, I, that reminds me of all that. Those you did a little kind of techno. You gotta be like, yeah, I just sampled the one hit, yeah. one vocal. Yeah. Part, yeah. Now this is another Sarah Bareilles song, but it's from a musical. It's from Waitress. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I love this song so much. I think this is this song is really like anybody that's over thirty years old. They realize what the, what the lyrics are saying and we'll relate to it. It's when you're reckoning with what your life is compared to what you thought it would be. Exactly. That's always a fun exercise. It really is. <laughs> no, but it's interesting. It's like, I think it's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. I, I suggest everyone do it. Um, no, I, when I was recording the song, it was like hard for me to get through. Yeah. I mean, literally. You I just did. get all common. Yeah, because I just, it's, I don't know. It's, it just breaks my heart. It is heartbreaking. But you can tell that that person is still in there. They're not gone. Yeah. They're just... They just had a lot of shit go down. Yeah. Yeah. What was the hardest one to do vocally? Probably gravity. Yeah. Just in... in, in in moments because I know well, I had also been singing it for four hours at that point yeah. but um, there, there were things that I definitely wanted to do with my voice and I just want to make sure I got it yeah. um, but I, just, I was just really I think I was meticulous on that particular song because I it's such, I love that song so much that I wanted to do it justice so that's probably why it felt like it was the most difficult now how hard was the learning curve for you to learn the recording and the software and the plugins and the stuff from what you do would you just kind of gradually grow in that area yeah yeah pretty much I mean my producer producer partner now um kind of show me the you know bare basic right. things that I would need to know to record my vocals. Yeah. But then I, I I just sort of started playing on the on the software on my own and just 
kind of, you know, trying to figure out my way around it. And then I would watch Linda.com videos. I mean, that was really Everyone awesome. talks about Linda.com videos. I love it. I'm like, Linda knows a lot of shit. She does. Like, what kind of Linda videos do you watch? Oh, there's like Pro Tools tutorials. And yeah. I've looked at like Final Cut tutorials and stuff on there too. Yeah, you I have to pay it. though, right? For like 20 bucks a month. Okay. Amazing. She's worth it. She is worth it. Good for her. I would love it if it was Linda Carter just doing every video. Wonder Woman outfit. Yeah. Like, just like here's, here's how you do Pro Tools. For like bra. Yeah. I love that. Oh, this is pretty. It makes me want pie though. Because <laughs> I hear with waitress say literally pump in the smell of pie. They do. I saw it. What you? Is the, smell, is the smell there the whole time or at the end? The whole time. When you walk in the lobby, you're like, because they're, they're making pie. They must have pie. They make pie there. They must. They do. They can't tease you like that. No, because you can buy it. At the intermission, you can buy it. What? And I did. It was really good. Was it good? After seeing the show, I went back and re-recorded my vocal, too, after seeing the show. Really? Just I was so inspired. You wanted a different set of emotions that you wanted I did. Okay. Oh, here, let's give the ending a little. things in my podcast is my own sort of fucked up technical thing. There was one not long ago when a car alarm was going off and I was getting really mad. You know whose car it was? Mine. Okay, so what's on one? Oh, this is together again. Yeah. Alright, I am one of a chorus of thousands. I can hear you though. You can? I can. Okay, this song reminds me of my friend Robert Smith. He was an art director and he passed away. Uh, and I think there was a slide montage and this song was used for it. And um, he was a wonderful guy, really talented, always really fun. Um, and when I got to interview Janet Jackson, I told her that a friend of mine had passed away and that we used this song. And she said something really sweet about it. She said, that's kind of why I wrote it. And this was a tribute to all of the people that I've lost and, and all the people that have succumbed to AIDS. And, yeah. The very first time I heard this song, which was back in 1997, eight, I thought, this song sounds like a lullaby to me. The melody just sounded... And I always had the idea of always yeah. doing like a lullaby kind of version. You kind of broke it down and reinvented it. Yeah, I'd always wanted to do that with the song. I finally got to do it. So. It does sound like a lullaby. Yeah, it's really lovely. The verses especially. Yeah. Remember the video when she's like in the jungle? It was probably in Zeta, you know. But it made it look like Africa. Or like Palmdale or something. <laughs> I know. The dry lake bed or something. I love Janet. I love her. This is my favorite song of hers, too. Yeah, I, 
this song was tricky too, like trying to get like all these background moments trying to get them and not detract from but also I wanted each section to keep building and building and building to the end. So you come in, the big finish. So I come and save the day. You know, speaking of singers coming in and saving the day, my favorite thing about that song Lady Marmalade with the four of them is when Christina shows up and she's like, I'll take it from here. I got this guy. <laughs> you hit the showers, I can take it from here. You know, Maya. I, just, I love pink. Don't get an ice blended or whatever. <laughs> I'm on it, you know? I like it. It's right? They all bring it, but there's something about the power of no, Christina. It's like, well, she okay. sort of teases it a little bit with some riffs. Uh -huh. And you, she's like... She's like, I got it. I got you, boo. It was, it's a very purse-first entrance, as the uh, drag queens like to say today. That's so funny. It's so true. Um, speaking of gay stuff... I started watching When We Rise, the miniseries. It's been on my TiVo for a week or so. And it's gotten kind of mixed reviews and like, I, whatever. I'm into it. I'm crying. I need to watch it. I'm in. It feels my duty. I, you know what? It feels like eating your vegetables when you go home. Okay, anyway. It's not, a, it's, I like it. Stuff. Yeah, and he's also the voice of po Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Oh my god, I bet he's loaded now. Uh, but that's him doing the beatbox thing. Love it. Okay, How about a round of Take a bow. Rihanna. Take a bow, Rihanna. Little Riri. Yeah. It's funny, I always thought this song was about Chris, Chris Brown. Yeah. Because it sounds like a song that she would sing to him. And yeah. it came out around that time, I believe. Yeah. But she didn't write it. I didn't know that until I was working on this. You look so dumb right now. That could be, definitely be Chris Brown. <laughs> I like Rihanna. I do too. I like the quality of her voice. I do too. More than Beyonce, if I'm being honest. I do Vocally, too. just I the do. sound of Absolutely. her voice. Uh, you know what, what version of the song I really like? What? Leah Michelle's version. I like Leah Michelle. From Glee. The Glee version is actually yeah. really good. I bought a lot of that Glee stuff. I downloaded that shit. I like it when the kids sing. This but I know she's probably a nightmare on this song. I know she's probably a nightmare, but I still like listen to her. There's something about this song that, even though the words are kind of, they're kind of funny, they're you know they're very um, sarcastic or whatever. Yeah. There's something heartbreaking about this song, which is kind of what I wanted to bring out of the yeah. song. I wonder if this song would ever mash up with the Madonna Take a Bow. I, I anyone's ever tried to do I that? I thought about doing that actually. I wonder if it would work. I have a track to take about. I, have a, I should try some time. Maybe. Have you ever seen Rihanna in concert? No, not actual concert itself. But I, I love her. I don't 
doesn't have any. You know what? I do have a memory attached to this. I used to host this radio show, Radio with a Twist, and it was like a gay American Top 40 with like three different hosts, and we had the Big Gay Seven countdown. And this song was always on it. Rihanna was always on it. Oh, yeah. The Gay's Lover. Yeah, it was right around then. It would have been like 2006, 7, 8, somewhere in there. Oh, that harmony. It's nice. It's interesting. Like, her, the evolution of her as an artist has been kind of remarkable. Yeah. Speaking of taking a bow, when you were on Broadway and you had a curtain call, what was your style? Would you, you know what I mean? Like, I always look at the way people bow or how they interact with people. Does that question make any sense? It does. I'm trying to think. I, sometimes it would change from show to show. Yeah. Like, what the tone of the show was. Right. Um, and some shows you don't even bow. Like, chorus lines, we have the same bow. We have the same bow. Everyone, nobody had individual bows. We'll get individual bows, but they're all the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was done. No. Exactly. I just did the half move. Right <laughs> and so well. Yeah, thank you. Um, I did a version of that on a food show, so. Um, but sometimes it'd be like, you know, there'd be like the. Oh, he's like, getting up. Sometimes it'd be like, you know, about like, like, like. Like, you know, like when yeah. it does? Or, yeah. or, or when he's like. That's just the simple bow nod. Yeah. Or like, bow nod or like, with the hands clapped. The, the, the like, great, thank you. The great, gracious, thank you. It depends what it's what it's what the energy is. Yeah, it's a yeah. uplifting. I always look to see how they, the cast interacts with each other when they're bowing and after they bow when they're walking off stage and uh-huh. who touches who and who seems like That's their right. friends. I do that too, actually. And who lingers on stage the longest at the end they can't get off stage. And who does nobody seem to like very much. Anyway, I like doing that. It's probably the same person that's lingering on stage. Exactly. <laughs> and for the, that reason. I know this song, what is it? This is Cheryl Crow. Oh, yeah. I think oh. it's about Lance. Lance Armstrong. Here's the problem. He's such a dick that she's a little bit tainted by it. She's a little bit like, oh, yeah. Lance Armstrong. She got a little of Lance Armstrong on her. Right? A little bit? I have a friend that he interviewed him once and just hated him. Really? Yeah. That sucks. This is one of my favorite Cheryl Crow songs, though. I like Cheryl Crow. I love her voice, too. I love the easiness of it. The sound of her voice. I remember All I... What was that song? All I Want It Did? All I Want, yeah. And that way she did that talk singing that was really original. That was... I did an answering machine with my older mate Tony to that where we kind of made fun of that. All I Want It Did? Yeah. Where we kind of talked about... We talked, like... Her version's different. I mean, I think this is her key, actually. I think I did it in her key. So it has a different quality to it. It's a little more angsty than hers. Hers is a little bit. Hers is sweet. It's sweet. It's sweet. This is more bittersweet. Where this one's a little bit more confrontational or something. She did. She released it as it was a single originally, and then. They ended up, actually the song was, it wasn't a single, before it was a single, it was on the album, and they decided to release it as a single, but with Sting doing it as a duet with her. 
Oh, was this a Sting and Cheryl duet? Yeah. But not original. Original was just her. Yeah. I liked it a lot more with just her. Yeah. It takes a different sort of dynamic when it's two people singing and she was singing about Sting then. Yeah. And he was singing about his... Oh, no, it doesn't have the poignancy to it. Yeah, I can see that. Now, the album cover art for your album is very clever. I'll describe it to our listeners. Um, well, I wanted I wanted to show something sort of brutish and, like, guyish because of the estrogen sessions, the right. title. And um, so I'm, like, you know, I'm manhandling, like, a strong army, like a, a microphone, like it's... Right. It's like the lightest thing in the world that you right. carry. So I've carried a microphone on the scanner thing like over my shoulder, and then behind me is my shadow, or what I think of my shadow, I'm looking back at it, it's actually a woman's shadow. With like flowy hair yeah. and a little curves? Based on Beyonce, actually. Oh really? Yeah. I took like a picture of Beyonce, so this is kind of what I want. Yeah. So in a sense though. you've sort of duetted with her in a way. I think that's fair to say. I think you could totally put that on your bio. I think I should too. I almost did a Beyonce song on this. I demoed one of her songs for the album. I almost did it. Which one are you thinking? Um, it was a... Uh, uh, I love Irreplaceable. It's hard to think about. I, best, thing, best thing you'd ever have. Oh yeah, I like that one too. Yeah. I like the pretty melody Beyonce songs. Yeah. I think Crazy in Love is still my favorite song. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. But I would never do that. I mean, that's like... Asking for trouble. Wow, yeah. I love that song. The horns are there. That song has a lot of memories for me. Crazy in Love? Yeah. It reminds me of my friend Terrence McFarland. I think he was obsessed with it and did did, did some of the moves. And that, that amazing move right near the beginning where it looks like she falls, kind of like she uh, hits the yeah. Um I interviewed her right around that time. And that was really exciting. For Glamour Magazine. What do you, what's a memory attached to Crazy in Love? I was in New York, I just moved back to New York, and my ex and I broke up, and my friend Matt Anderson, who was dating Billy, they broke up. So we were single, back in New York together, and we had the most fun summer ever. That you song, Yeah. You were just like, Sex in the City, Summer? Total. I love it. Okay, what is this song? This is fucking perfect. Oh yeah. Pink. Is this with you and Jeff Haven? Jeff and I, yeah. Past podcast guests, yeah. Jeb Havens. I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to go to Puerto Vallarta. And, uh, no, I know. Let's do it, Matt. I don't know if I can afford it, but maybe. Um, our friend Jeb and Steven are just dropped off of the face of the earth like over a year ago, and they've been traveling the world for over a year. And they've uh, backpack style. Yeah, and they've been everywhere. And I'm gonna talk to them on a podcast. And now they're engaged too. I thought I thought yeah. they'd be like broken up and like yeah, they came well. out early. <laughs> I thought they'd be like those amazing race teams that fight all the time. But um, they're getting a place in Puerto Vallarta, and they've invited some folks down. And I think I want to go. I like it there a lot. And you guys recorded this a while ago. We did, and then I went back in. My, well, when we recorded the song, it was two and a half years ago. Is that, is that possible? Uh, yeah. Did you guys do a video for it? We did like a stupid little video. Yeah. video. Those are the best. But um, when I decided to put this on the album, you know, Jeff was going to be gone. 
I wanted us to re-record it and do it again, but there was a time for him to do it, so he gave me his vocal, and I was going to use my old vocal that I recorded. And at that time, I had not been recording very long, or used the equipment very long, so it was really like high-endy and like kind of distorted. I was like, I can't put this out. So I went back and so went back and re-recorded the whole song. What does this song make you think of? Um, you guys are rapping. <laughs> I've never seen Pink in concert. I think I would like to. You've never seen her concert? Um, it's required. Yeah, she's live. It's the greatest concert I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she never quite gets her due. Oh, I've always loved that. She's the most underrated pop artist, for sure. She heard hit after hit after hit. And like her songs always kind of gradually grow you see until they're number one. Like she never comes out of the gate like Katy Perry's new song. It's always so much better. I know, but she's always sort of slow and steady wins the race. Okay. When you see her concert, it all becomes really apparent to how amazing she is. Yeah. As a, as an artist, as a writer, as a singer, as an entertainer, she is everything. And the cool thing though is we never get sick of her. No way. No. I think what's about her that is so unique is that she's a little left of center. She's not, she's not um, predictable. Yeah. Yet she doesn't feel scandalous. She's kind of in the middle yeah. of being that. I think she's 100% authentic to who she is. I think she is too. I think that's why we get sick of her. Shout out to Pink. Pink's amazing. But yeah. her concert is on, you can watch it. It's on, really? it's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I just have to hear your voice, Alita Adams. Yeah. This is the 90s, right? Oh yeah, 93? Yeah. This was written by a friend of mine. My friend Alan Rich co-wrote the songs. I know Alan a little bit. I've been trying to get him on the podcast every time I see him. He's... I had a song of his on my very, very first album. Uh, What's it called? You Don't Have to Tell Me. Oh yeah, I love that song. Um, But... Is he lyricist and composer? Lyricist. Lyricist. Um, for years I've been saying you should record it. I just had to hear your voice. Awesome. I was like, ah, man. and then I was gonna do it as a surprise for his birthday. And then I was just to do the album. Like, I want to put it on the album. So, yeah. but he came by today. We did the strings. He came by here. He came by. Yeah. He's got a song on the Bodyguard soundtrack, right? Run to you. Yeah. I wonder how much money somebody makes if they have a song on the Bodyguard. Soundtrack. A lot. Does he live in a big fancy house? He used to. He yeah. sold, but he did. He had a place in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. He was the, house, the house in the hills was the house that the bodyguard bought, so he loved to say that. The house that the bodyguard, the bodyguard bought, yeah. Yeah, he was probably... It's funny, I said this to him when I finished it. And he sent me the most the loveliest message. Uh, what did he say? He said... Um, he goes, finally, somebody got it right. Oh, yeah, because Alita is such a hack. Yeah, she's so happy. Um, but he, um, he said it made him cry. He said it was unusual. And he told me that I sound like Luther. That's nice. I was like, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, Alita Adams, to me, feels like the Viola Davis of pop. Oh, my God, totally. Isn't she sort of super legit? Not a frivolous, but like, like a real deal. Yeah. yeah. She is a Violet Davis of pop R&B. Yeah. Of AC. Of AC. Of AC. Yeah, she, 
Um, Alan Rich is Alan Rich and Jeff Freeman were the reason I started songwriting. Who is Jeff Freeman? Jeff Freeman is his writing partner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy. In what way? How did they inspire you? They they wrote a song. Maybe was it before this? It was around the same time as this. Called um, "Your Love Is All I Know," and a woman named Wendy Moten recorded David Foster Bruising. And Billy Porter played it for me. And I was so moved by the song. Her vocal, the production, everything, that I wrote my first song after that. And such a weird story. So another one of the stories that's so strange. I was on the road with Joseph. We were in Canada. Joseph and the Amazing Time Color Green Not like Joseph Fines and Friday. Which. Um, and we were flying back to Canada. And I just demoed the song that I wrote that was inspired by the song. And who was sitting in front of me? I kid you not, I swear to God, it was Wendy Moten. Oh, wow. Did you tell her? Did you I did. Her? I told her. I told her the whole thing. It was so bizarre. Yeah. Um, and we kept in contact for a little bit. But her and Billy were really good friends. I think they actually may still talk. I'm not sure. But it was just so random. It was like flying from Saskatoon to Saskatchewan. Wow. And there was Wendy Moten. I had never really heard of her. You, you know she's all right. Have you heard her? She had the song, um, Coming Out of the Rain. You told me that you love me if I I'll play it after the Yeah, podcast. exactly. <laughs> yeah. This reminds me of, like... I'm trying to think of what the name of the song is. Angel of Mine. Oh, Angel of Mine, Monica? Uh-huh. Yeah. But it reminds me of the whole era, like, Brandy and... Yeah. Sort of like the boy band era, but on the pop R&B side. Um, did you... Who did you vote for in The Boy Is Mine? Monica or Brandy? Right. She's had some really good albums that didn't get enough love. I agree. And I, I, I worked with her before, too, and she's lovely. Like, really, really lovely. I was in Cinderella with her. Oh, okay. And I worked with her a lot. I mean, we worked for, like, you know, a good month and a half we together. And she was really wonderful. And she's really talented. And she's really unassuming. And, um, I don't know. She's just a really lovely person. And really she, um, she doesn't like me. She came on, no, I swear to God. She came on Fashion Police, and sometimes my job was to help the guests prepare for their segment, and like, if they're going to show a bad and a good outfit, and give them jokes that they could make fun of themselves or whatever. And so I really tried to prepare her or whatever. And so she did the segment, and it was a typical Fashion Police segment, where Joan is irreverent and all of that. And I think Brandy didn't know what the show was or whatever. But she was like... She was like, uh, you know, she was a good sport, but she was kind of giving it right back. And, and Joan Trimmer says, this has been so much fun. Please come and see us again. And she goes, no, no. And Joan started laughing, and it was a great segment. And then as she was walking out of the studio, she pointed it to me, and she goes, you set me up to fail. And I was like, whoa. She was serious? Yeah. So I don't know what she thought. Like... She, the segment was great. Like, she, that's the show. You make fun of yourself in right. weird outfits, and then you look great in an outfit or whatever. Was this before her? Was before or after the car accident? Oh, um, it was after. And they didn't bring that up, for sure, you know? That was... I'm sure that's a stipulation. Okay. I think what? It's like part of her thing. Don't so, of course, yeah. Um, when I was hosting Radio with a Twist, the show I was talking about before... Yeah. In between segments, we would joke and whatever. Somehow, Brandy was on the 
countdown, and we were talking about the accent or whatever. Long story short, all of us now sing Brandy Killed a Man, Brandy Killed a Man, to the melody of the Peanuts Christmas thing. Brandy Killed Oh my god. And we, it's so dumb, and every time I hear that Peanuts thing, I think of it, and we laugh, we, it's just like that joke that never died, and it's so wrong, and it doesn't make any sense. How did that happen? I mean, was she Netflix or anything, or no? Was I don't she, know. She next I don't know. Was it on the 405? Yeah. Yeah, what a horrible thing. It kind of killed her career, unfortunately. It's really... Yeah. It really did hurt her career. Oh, for sure. I don't think... I mean, it wasn't like she was doing anything... Like... Was she? I don't remember. I don't remember either. The fact was Googling after the podcast. I don't know. What happened? What went down? I just... Like, Yeah, this is from like that whole Babyface era. Yeah. Which I love. I love that era. You know, Babyface was on Dancing with the Stars last year. Oh, you what? I did okay. The show's gonna start again, and I love to watch it. I know it's. I just wanted to play. I thought that Erica Jane's on there. Who is? Erica Jane. Who's that? She's an indie dance artist. I did a thing with her for Gay Pride in San Francisco a couple years ago. But she's on, she's one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills now. Oh, and she's on there. she's fucking great on there. Okay. I love this song. I know. Oh, Heart of the Matter. Yeah. Now, this is a Don Henley song, but there Which was I, a woman that sang it. Yeah, NDRE covered okay. it. But her version, I think, was maybe a little bit more, had more... Explosion, I think. Okay. Um, it was in the Sex and City movie. No, oh, right. I didn't know that Doc Henley did this at all. Right. Until I reacted to that. Which is how I get away with putting it on this. Exactly. But, you know, but you know who else recorded it is Megan Hilty. And I like her version. And my pr- producer Andy produced that version. See, full circle. It's all full circle. I love it. This is the song I've been waiting for. I love those little plunky strings, right? I love this song. It's a great song. You know what song this kind of reminds me of? Do you remember that Kenny Loggins song, The Real Thing? Yeah, of course. I, love that I was obsessed with him. And that Kenny Loggins? And the Faith album? Yeah. It's so good, right? Oh my god, so Conviction good. of the Heart? I used to sing that song. There's like four songs on yeah. that one. My friend Norman, who produced my record way back in the day, uh, was touring with Kenny Loggins for a while, a drummer, production or whatever, and people, his friends used to bust his balls because they would go to the shows and they would yell out, Danger Zone! Because that's sort of like the lamest Kenny Loggins. Totally. They play Danger Zone! From Top Gun. They probably never did, right? I don't know if they ever did. He's just punching granola, sort of, like... Yeah, he's, he's, the he's in the Redwoods. He's, he does, you don't want to sing da- da- Danger Zone at the Redwoods. What was the other song? Because I was really popular. Oh, I'll put the Footloose. Do you remember when he sang Forever? Forever in mind. That was yeah, the one. Alan, Alan and Jack wrote a big song of his, too. They wrote for the first time. Oh, yeah. That was from the movie. One Fine Day. One Fine Day. We're yeah, they were pulling things out of our ass. But I used to sing that all the time, too, before I met my Alan. Really? That's fun. Yeah, I'm gonna do, um, I wanna do like an Alan and Judd Memphis, like a bunch of songs, like Run to You. So what are your plans with this record now? Are you gonna make videos? Are you gonna perform? I am gonna, yeah, um, 
you know, I, I started shooting some things and I kept changing my mind what I wanted to be. Yeah. I've always wanted to do I want to do videos of all the songs. Yeah. And originally I was gonna do like in the studio, very stark, with my factoid, it's like an uncovered videos. Get it really like clean and um, and I shot a bunch of footage and I looked at it and I'm like, this doesn't feel right to me. You weren't feeling it. You know, I've done it before. That's what was bothering me. I was like, this is so predictable yeah. and boring. So, I think the idea is I really want to do something different from what I've done. And, unfortunately, getting the album done, completed, and um, you know, a bunch of other stuff I had going on in my life, it's been tough to sort of get that sort of harness and fit, get it finished. So, the plan is to get the first video out next week. But you launched this on International Women's Day. I did, yeah. Not a coincidence, you planned that. I planned it, yeah. That's good planning. And it's interesting because I don't remember having... I mean, I don't remember like, the press covering International Women's Day as much as they did this year. I never knew about it, really, until like... It's, it's every year? It's every year, and yeah. this is the I'm first year. I'm yeah. You need a hat. You need a pussy hat for something to really blow up. No, did you see that joke on Samantha B when they were talking about the pussy hats? No, I love her though so much. She's basically saying if you want a white woman to show up to a protest, give them a craft. I think that's true. Because they love crafts. Who a does dec- a Give them some. So knitting. funny. Yes. That's funny. Even Would you ever do an album all of show tunes? You don't love me anymore. Oh, you brought it down. <laughs> I would do it if I could reinterpret them and reinvent them. Because I think your heart and soul is not really, musically, is more in this kind of stuff, for sure. Um, even though you, uh, your, a lot of your first stuff was Broadway. So this is the final track. This is the final track? We had a full-on listening party? Yeah. I love it. Okay. And this, of course, is Whitney Houston. As I this is her final single. Listen to those words and, and think in terms of her. And R. Kelly wrote this for her. R. Kelly, he's a complicated one. First time I ever heard the song was when he sang it. I heard him sing it first when he was writing it. My favorite Whitney songs are fast. Love Will Save the Day. I'm Your Baby Tonight. Really underrated. Um, so emotional. Songs that we all love, but they're 
they're different. It's interesting to hear a man's voice. And also, the keys are probably more fun to sing along to for somebody like me. For, for, yeah, for a man, you know, sometimes you always do that thing where you sing the verse and then you drop the chorus when you're in the car. Oh my god, I've done that on so many Olivia Newton John songs. I can barely speak. Yeah, this song is, you know, I mean, Whitney being my favorite of all time, this song broke my heart because it just didn't sound the way it should have sounded. With her, or you mean with her? Yeah, I thought the track seemed like a demo track. It didn't sound finished to me, and her recording it was okay. It just it, if she sang this in her heyday, it would have been like most incredible. What do, you, what do you think about Mariah? Do you love her? No, I've never. I, I've never really loved her either. This, the odd song here or there I love, like Always Be My Baby I love, and the Christmas song I love. That was going to go on the album, Always Be My Baby. I almost did that. Yeah, that's my, probably my favorite song of hers, except for maybe that Christmas one. That one and um, uh, Emotion, which is the other yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, there was a song on the first album I love called Vanishing. Look at that song. Yeah, that would have been a good, that's the Estrogen Sessions too. I love, um, I remember doing a dance well, you know, you go to dance fast enough for the combination. She's had some great songs, for yeah. sure. Um, I, I've covered one of her songs. I have a Christmas, Christmas song, Miss Buzz for Christmas time. Okay. I have out the single. I put a modulation in my version, which is not the original. Does it, like it happen yet, the modulation? You're giving us a little man low? Remember, like, he was the king of the. Oh, yeah. He changed. Here it comes. I didn't see that no comment. I thought you were gonna do like that we jump the one or you the, I don't know what I'm saying. I like jumps a third. Yes. Your neighbors never hear your recording, right? Never. That's amazing. That's good. He sometimes does, but he's a he's a music he's a composer, so so he's okay with it. Yeah. This is the end of the listening party. The listening party's coming to an end. So you, you guys, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, go download The Estrogen Sessions by Matt Zarley. Yes, yes, please do so I can pay my mortgage. What if you, you know what? You could have done Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Oh, that would have be been cute. That would have been a little too on the nose. Man, man I feel like a woman. What's your favorite, Shania, What's your favorite Shania song? Um... I think still the one, maybe. Or up. I don't know her stuff enough. Yeah. And my my viola player who plays on every song on the album yeah. was in her band in Vegas. That's cool. Yeah. She brought a horse on stage. She did? She How was her show? Did you see it? No. I want to go see Ricky Martin's show. I definitely want to. He was on Wendy Williams the other day. He's perfect. He really is. He really is, like, too amazing. Much. Although I don't love his voice, if I'm being honest. He's not my favorite singer, but no, he's an incredible he's... entertainer and... And he's so yummy and fun, and he, look, and he looks amazing. He looks, God, he looks amazing. His Instagram is a lot. I know. I, I just just speedo shots on the beach. It's enough. Is his new boyfriend is beautiful? It, totally. They're they're engaged, by the way. All right, that's the end of the listening party. <laughs> Thank you, Matt Zarley. I can't Thank wait you, uh, to download my own copy and listen to all my favorite songs. All right. Uh, bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks again to Matt Zarley for sharing his music with us. You can buy that CD. Um, I'm going to start again. 
Thanks again to Matt Zarley for the fun listening party. You can buy his CD at uh, iTunes. On iTunes, it's the, the Estrogen Sessions, or you can check out mattzarley.com. All kinds of fun stuff there. All right, so this happened. Um, my good friend, Barbara Deutsch, uh, career coach extraordinaire, and one of my earliest guests on the Dennis Anyone podcast, celebrated her 70th birthday uh, on Sunday. And uh, she had like a kind of show, a cabaret thing with, she has a lot of like musical people in her life and friends and things like that at Vitello's, Vitello's? Yeah, that's right. On Tahunga. And it's so much more than the place where Robert Blake had his wife killed. They've remodeled. Uh, it's cool kind of Italian food and they have a great cabaret room upstairs. So, um, I was one of the people that performed and, um, I'm glad I went relatively early because there were some powerhouse people in that lineup. I just wrote fake words to they can't take that away from me and just saying all of fun things about Barbara that I remember and that I love. So it was a wonderful night. And I was like, I want to be 70 and have a party here and have people sing. That's something to shoot for. Um, and then near the end, uh, her son Sam and, Na- and daughter-in-law Natalie, who arranged a lot of it, um, he played a Rice Krispies commercial that Barbara was in, in like the seventies. And it was really funny. And then everyone got Rice Krispie treats. Isn't that fun? A fun, like little capper to a birthday. And we all sang happy birthday. It was really, really cool. And, um, I love my friend Barbara and I, uh, was very inspired by her party. So that's it. That's all I got for you this week. Um, check out the just posted March Patreon episode of Dennis Anyone featuring a Janet Jackson interview, Matt Zarley, uh, observation deck, um, some excerpts from Gallica. And you know what? I think I might even have a St. Patrick's Day surprise on there that I'm going to put. So uh, that's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye!